How do we lead DEI and this culture change from the top? What does it mean to own our individual leadership? And what does it mean to be a DEI champion? We the individual and we as the group are the change that we've been waiting for. We don't have to wait for the leaders at the top to fix the thing that we know is broken. Like we can be the mirrors that can reflect the problems that we see and we can be the light that guides the pathway forward. You're listening to A Recipe for Transformation with Krista Wilson, a podcast that helps build unique recipes to translate dignity and caring into equitable, inclusive, and anti-racist behaviors in the workplace, helping you transform them into ones that create an environment that fosters dignity, humanity, and respect for all your employees. Because leading transformations that stick require more than just knowing the words. It's about understanding why we are doing what we do and putting people first. I had the opportunity to work with a pretty amazing client a little while ago, and they were doing some really impactful and exciting work related to diversity, equity, and inclusion. One of the things that I've learned over time is that while I get called in to do work related to your traditional DEI work, Oftentimes, what I also get invited to look into and support are, I would say, on the healing and trauma-informed spectrum, too, because we're talking about humans. And that means we're talking about human dynamics and how racialized or gender-based or burnout trauma impacts the people who are also engaged in the DEI work. So this organization, though, has been very committed to DEI work. They had strategies. They had a guiding team to help lead it. There were resources. There had already been a number of activities. Where they were heading with DEI was unclear. But what they knew is that they needed to have both some coaching support, some healing support, and some strategy. And so when I got into the organization and I started to lead these retreats and some strategy sessions, what I could see is that staff were experiencing really serious burnout and the human toll that just the pandemic, incredible and really unmanageable workloads had started to take staff to the brink that needed to have some interventions before it was too late. When I say too late, I mean employee turnover or, you know, worse, medical leave, stress leave, et cetera. And this is why I say that well-being has to be a part of DEI work. It's not something that's separate. Like putting people at the center is a DEI strategy. So as I was leading this work, I was approached by one of the staff of this organization, and she had such incredible insights that spans everything that I just mentioned about burnout, about the DEI strategy, that it needed to have a clearer focus. And there were other sentiments that were a part of this too. And what, what they said to me was that they see a bunch of challenges and they even have some solutions. And what she said was this, I'm not sure that I'm the right one to do anything about it. And what she said was, I'm not the leader. And this struck me because the analysis that this person had 
the way that she broke down the complexity of both the systems-wide, organizational-wide issues, the interpersonal dynamic issues, the ways that systems of dominance or oppression, discrimination show up in small and big ways. It was exactly what I myself as a consultant might offer this organization. And so to me, I'm thinking this person's an excellent leader, whether or not this person's on a C-suite or a director level, uh, they are a leader in my eyes. But I will tell you, I hear these comments all the time. And when I hear comments like this, there's so much despair. There's a hunger for collaboration. There's a desire for backup to be validated for their thinking. There's a desire to be amongst peers, to learn, to strategize, to know what are other organizations doing related to their diversity, equity, and inclusion or work. I'll tell you, when, I, when I'm in sessions doing strategy retreats or conferences with organizations, one of the things that I get asked a lot, well, there's two. One, Krista, can you fix all these DEI challenges? Mind you, some of these issues are years in the making and that I might be there for maybe a six month or 12 month period. And then the second question is they ask me, can you tell us everything you've seen for all the organizations that you've worked for? Because you want to learn from their wins and their mistakes. And so I kind of think I definitely always bring the best practices and can share mistakes that folks have made that we've learned from. But it's a tall order to bring 15 years of experience into a, you know, a six-month contract. And so I'm always thinking, what are the best ways for people to get that, to, to get the collaboration, to, to learn from mistakes, to, to learn from best practices, and to share as peers? And so because there's always this pressure on me like to fix it, to save things, I always joke and I say, you know, y'all, I'm good, but I'm not that good. You know, and just to kind of bring a levity. But it's actually for this reason that I decided that I wanted to create this network for DEI leaders that my clients could access, that they could feel like they're a leader because they would be surrounded by other leaders, something more tangible than LinkedIn, where they could share resources to learn from each other. And, and that's why I created this DEI dinner party, this online membership-based community where they can also get coaching to at least address one of those challenges. But for the other challenge, this idea that I'm not a leader, this runs a little bit deeper. So in this instance of this younger, dynamic staff member who was newish to the organization and told me that they were not a leader, you know, I could see so much leadership in them that I got me curious about why they didn't see themselves as one. And in the conversations, as I felt that they were positioned, in fact, to be a leader, to be a voice of the kinds of culture change work that I know there is to do, I realized that their voice is really just an echo of the thousands of other voices that I've met in my interviews, focus groups, staff convenings over the last 15 years which is that staff that don't have positional authority or staff that aren't C-suite leaders, they hold deep curiosity about how they can lead meaningful change at the bottom or in the middle of the organizational chart. 
I work very closely with a lot of C-suite leaders too. And they're also asking themselves the same thing and the directors. How do we lead DEI and this culture change from the top? And so it begs this question. If everyone's asking, both the people with positional authority, your, your chiefs and your directors and your coordinators and your admin assistants, if everybody's asking, how do we lead and how do we lead DEI well, then what does it mean to own our individual leadership? And what does it mean to be a DEI champion? And so what I've come to know and really see is that everyone has a leadership role in an organization and everybody has leadership authority, even if they don't have the positional title. And why I say that is because we all experience diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, or justice, or we don't experience it at every level of the organization. And there are things that can be done at every level. We just have to decide that we are the change maker and the disruptor that can lead and design DEI in ways that can create real change. You know, a lot of the time, I think it's my background as a community organizer that has taught me like how much power lies in the individual and in the collective. And that is why I created the DEI Dinner Party, because I wanted to intentionally build this membership for us DEI leaders. You know, I'm in a community myself, and that's where I go when I want to be reminded of what's possible, when I need a place, a place to come and dream, when I need to learn from other people to, to figure out what's a quick win, what's a place I can go and get a strategy, a tool, a solution to implement back with my clients or on my own team. Because I got to tell y'all, when you do this work in isolation, it feels almost insurmountable or so hard. We need to do this work in community. We're not meant to do this as individuals, both as individual people, but also individual organizations. And when I was a community organizer, I was taught that the way that we change the conditions in our neighborhoods, in our organizations, in our city, the way that we do that is that we recognize that we, we the individual and we as the group are the change that we've been waiting for. That we don't have to wait for the leaders at the top to fix the thing that we know is broken. So we don't have to wait for the mayor or the principal at the school. We can actually get out there and do it. Like we can be the mirrors that can reflect the problems that we see and we can be the light that guides the pathway forward. Part of the way that I was trained as a community organizer and a community capacity builder was that while there are the roles for those who are building groups and communities, there's also roles for traditional leaders at the top. And what that means is that Though there are folks who are at the top of positional authority, we help them build their skills to lead in ways that feel good, that spark joy for them and for those that they lead. So that would be the employees in the organization and that they lead in ways that are collaborative and not coercive in spirit, right? So we want to have 
for those folks who are the C-suite, the directors, how do you actually lead in ways that create space for leaders throughout the organization to take up more leadership? Right? That's the opportunity uh, that I'm talking about too. And in that, what I've come away with is that if all of us at all levels of an organization are going to be these DEI disruptors who can actually pause our DEI work, look at it from a 360 degree angle and say what is or isn't working, and then champion the change we know is needed, we have to do a few things. And in my consulting framework, my step four of how I lead change in organizations, step four is called tell the truth. So these are these truths that I know to be true, but how we take up our leadership. The first one here is that we have to acknowledge, and I mean we, but I'm talking to you. You have to acknowledge that you are the change that you've been waiting for. You, yes, you are the change that you've been waiting for. So if you want that meeting to look different, make a proposal. I just saw something uh, the other day with a client, client and they said, can 2023 be the year that business cards have our gender pronouns on it? Can we have our gender pronouns be in our Zoom name? If you want that, make it so. You start doing it. Tell your colleagues to do it. Write a memo to HR requesting it or saying, this is how we model inclusion. You are the change we've been waiting for. If you feel like the activities that have been proposed aren't going to get us to more diversity, like a more diverse leadership suite, say that. If you have a proposal, say that too. So we are the change we've been waiting for And that leads me to number two. We can lead at any level that we are at. And this is disruptive. And I will say too, I know when I was coming up in my career, we were literally told, you wait your turn. You know, you become a coordinator, then a manager, then a director. And when you become a chief, then you can lead and make decisions. But part of this work around equity And the L word that many of you may or may not use, but liberation work, is that leadership is at all levels and that we are all leaders. So part of that looks like we have to lead and we model the change we want to see. So I have a client and part of their DEI work is talking about well-being and how do we take good care of our people. This is the same organization where in the employee interviews, People were naming, they have back-to-back meetings. They're not taking a lunch break. And so one of the employees of this organization says, you know what, I'm going to be a leader. So she says, you know what, I'm going to end my workday at five o'clock. And in the meeting, she said, I feel this is very almost trivial to say, and maybe I feel a little bit ashamed because many of you won't in your day at five o'clock. But this is my commitment. I'm leading in well-being. I'm ending my day at five o'clock. Somebody else said, well, I'm going to take a lunch break because I don't know the last time I had a formal lunch break in 2022. And another client that said, okay, well, I'm going to invite staff to explore what joy can look and feel like because joy is what makes me feel well 
and I'm at work most of my day and most of my week. So I want to experience joy here. I'm going to lead that effort. And in each of those scenarios, those staff are not waiting for the C-suite to make a directive about well-being, how it will get initiated, what it will look like. They're leading the effort. They're modeling it from wherever they sit in the organization. Do you feel like you're getting some amazing pearls of wisdom on this episode? At Wilson & Associates, our mission is to help folks like you promote dignity and care at work, to transform workplaces into ones that are equitable, inclusive, and anti-racist. We believe that it's more than knowing the catchphrases. This transformation requires understanding why we are doing what we do, doing it with integrity, and centering our humanity and joy along the way. This podcast is just one of the many ways we feed our mission. At Wilson & Associates, we help our partners create fun, supportive, and innovative spaces where our collective humanity is nurtured, our imagination is sparked, and we co-create recipes for advancing racial justice and equity. We know there's a well of information on DEI out there, and it can be a little overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. The simplicity lies in creating your own recipe for transformation. We aim to put humanity and dignity back into DEI and our workplaces so that we can create environments where each of us can thrive. So head over to our website at wilson-and-associates.com to find out more about how we can help you and your organization. You can take our self-assessment that can help you explore the different dimensions of DEI in your own organization and determine the best starting point to find your own recipe for transformation at deidiagnostic.com. You can find all our links in the show notes. And let's transform the face of DEI into the face of dignity together. I think the third thing that I want to lift up, which is so critical and so important to name if I'm in my tell the truth phase, is that there are also reasons why many of us haven't stepped up to lead. And we might call it imposter syndrome for some, although that's a topic for another day. But, you know, the imposter syndrome is that for people that have a historically undervalued or historically marginalized identity, or you have a low positional authority in your organization, we might often have said we aren't the ones to be a leader. And the reason we've said that is because our society, our organizational cultures have told us you are not a leader because of your gender identity, your gender expression, your age, your body size, your disability, your race, your skin color, your hair texture, etc. And so those systems have told us we are not leaders and it has created for us a complex of if we lead, we're an imposter. And what I want to offer is, first of all, that's a lie. And second of all, it's precisely all of these identities that make us super powered to lead, especially diversity, equity, and inclusion, which was created to address those systems in the first place. And for those of you who do not have a historically undervalued or marginalized identity, I want to say that 
We need you too. Because all of us with an advantaged or powered identity, our proximity to social powers gives us an advantage to lead change with those of us who are in our advantage groups. So we need us too, right? It's easier to lead changes within those proximities of advantage. So I share that to say, this is my fourth truth, dismantling systems of disadvantage, dismantling systems of oppression, of discrimination, requires we need leaders of all kinds at all levels. This is why we need all of us. We need all of us right now to step in to our leadership. So I want to invite us to some reflection time. I want you to, wherever you are, if you can, get comfortable If you can't, come back to this part of the podcast when you have an opportunity. I want you to, first of all, get seated in a comfortable position. If you can, get your body in a place where you can be seated. If you're able to, get where we call it grounded. So sometimes that can be feet on the ground, or it can be your your legs crossed, but wherever feels comfortable to you. I want you to think about you, yourself, or your organization as it's leading diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, or well-being efforts? What is your confidence level leading DEI work? Where do you feel that confidence? In your head, your heart, your chest, your stomach? What's that confidence level? Is it a Low confidence, a one, or is it like a 10? I feel very confident. My second question for you is how do you feel about your ability to design and lead DEI initiatives or strategies? Do you feel strong ability, moderate ability, low ability? You need more skills or training? Here's my third question. When you think about times that you felt pretty confident or prepared to lead DEI, and that could be like leading a meeting or preparing for a report or leading an activity, what made you feel confident or prepared? Did you read an article? Did you talk to a peer? Did you attend a training, go to a workshop? Did you get coaching or a mentorship? What helps you feel confident or prepared to lead DEI? I can tell you that in the last 15 years of my consulting practice, leading and facilitating diversity, equity, and inclusion, some of the most impactful and influential voices and leaders were not always the one in the top senior positions. They were resident leaders in South Almonte who attended meetings that were predominantly in English, but they spoke about the inequities that they saw in their native Spanish tongue. Talk about power imbalances and speaking truth to power. Or it was an executive assistant I once saw who spoke about gender pay inequities and the need for a living wage for support staff roles. Or it was the staff I talked about earlier who spoke to senior leadership in front of the entire organization about how the workload was so unsustainable 
There wasn't even time for lunch breaks or bathroom breaks or even the ability to take vacation time. There's always an opportunity for us to champion and lead DEI. And everyone can be a voice and a champion. It just requires that we actually make the decision to become one. Here's what I know too, after 15 years of doing this work as a consultant and a business owner. I'm a really good coaching consultant. And I say that not from an ego-centered place, but just from knowing my worth and knowing from my client testimonials how really, really good I am at this work. But as good as I am, I can't do this alone. I cannot lead transformations in millions of organizations. I need people. And I, in each organization that I work with, I still require a dynamic group to help lead these transformations, both while I'm in the organization and then once I leave. There's got to be a DEI champion squad almost. The other thing that I know is that as we're leading diversity, equity, inclusion, and well-being work, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. But the thing of it is, because we're working in these silos and isolation, we are. We're reinventing the wheel. And we are almost ignorant to the fact that there are millions and millions and millions of people and organizations across the world who are doing DEI work, who are exploring well-being and joy work, and leading it at all levels of the organization. And we're not tapping into each other's brilliance. We need to be connecting to each other, sharing stories, learning lessons, and sharing what we can gather from each other's wins and mistakes. It saves resources, times, and headaches, trust me. Consultants like me have this luxury to do this work because almost like by design as a consultant, we're like a bee. We get to cross-pollinate, moving from flower to flower, except instead of a flower, it's an organization. So we go from organization to organization, helping to spark and lead transformations. But as an employee or a leader of your organization leading DEI, you're almost static. Your perspective of DEI is limited to what you see inside of your organization or what you read about in, they know, the HBR or Forbes or what have you. But it doesn't have to be. And instead of waiting for a conference to attend or build a peer group or connect with others on LinkedIn or any other way that you might get some information to help you with your work, you could be joining a membership-based learning community like my DEI dinner party. But whatever you do, my invitation is to not do this in isolation anymore, to not reinvent the wheel, to not burn yourself out. And for sure, it's to step into your leadership. Because if nothing else, I want you to hear this. You are a leader wherever you are in whatever role that you are in. And when you decide that you are the change that we've been waiting for, and you are the champion that we need, there's a mindset shift that happens. I see it all the time. You start to show up differently. 
there's like a, a power that resonates through you and it ripples through you. And it doesn't just stay in the workplace. It starts to show up in your personal life too. People are like, what is going on with you? And you're like, I don't know. I feel supercharged. But this confidence comes from really tapping into this sense of purpose. And it's also because you've picked up this baton from what I call this long line of justice leaders in this relay race for equity and liberation. And there's a part of you who is, whether we call it energetically or psychically connected to other DEI leaders, a community of us connected, whether you can see them or not, we're connected. And so when you take this first step into your leadership and you step into being this DEI disruptor, this champion for DEI, you are literally beginning to shift what power looks and sounds like because we can hear you now and power sounds and looks just like you and that in and of itself is a DEI strategy that's diversity that's equity that's inclusion because you're here now and in this moment in this time, each of us are needed right now. Creating unique recipes for how people can experience dignity and also thrive at work is a mission that involves and requires all of us. If you felt moved to take action through this episode, I hope you'll subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast with the people that you know are going to benefit from it. The more dignity and respect that we can build into the workplace, the more we can create the kinds of environments that foster and celebrate our humanity. In this episode, we spoke a little about my new membership, the DEI Dinner Party. The DEI Dinner Party is for people who are leading diversity, equity, inclusion, well-being, and culture change inside of their organizations. It's for people who are looking for support, strategies, tools, and resources to help them be successful as they work toward building workplaces where people can thrive. By joining this membership community, you'll be able to build the skills to lead, to sustain your DEI efforts, to save money on DEI trainings and initiatives by getting exactly what you need all in one place. And that conserves energy. And you're gonna have access to a joy-centered community of peers that can assist you in your DEI goals. To find out more, go to recipefortransformation.com slash DEI dinner party. The link is also available in our show notes. Here's the thing, you can't sustain DEI in your organization if you aren't sustained. And the best way to do that is by building communities and places where you are supported and not alone. So I want you to join me and join the DEI dinner party and a community of leaders just like you to amplify your leadership and join forces to change the world.